Jim, James, Tim. What's his name? I wrote it down. Jeff. <laughs> Please welcome Jeffrey Lord. Oh, this is for the Jeffrey this Lord is- show. Lord, really? I thought Jeffrey Lord was kind of like a real guy. How are you supposed to be a strong, thrilling, powerful warrior and lover with a name like this? It is like a weak ejaculation. <laughs> Jeff. The Lord is the gatekeeper of all music in Fort Worth. Oh, Jeffrey. If you don't love the Lord, you're F and F. Like, really, is this the level that you sung to, Lord? So I'm done with Jeffrey Lord. Hey, 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 welcome to the Funky Town Podcast. I am your host, Jeffrey Lord. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, have a seat, have a seat. All right, we got a big show for you tonight. I'm really excited. Um, this week we have our special guest is Riley from The Infamist. And you should be at least a little familiar with them because they've heard them on the show recently and more than once. They have a new record coming out in a couple of weeks, and uh, it was really good to have him on. Um, it's cool. I don't know Riley. I've never met him before, and sometimes I get a little nervous talking to people that I don't know. It's why a lot of times I'm more comfortable interviewing people that I'm familiar with, that I've met and talked to and have a relationship or something with, but um, yeah, I can't do that all the time, right? we got to reach out to new people. So I had Riley on and had some general questions for him, and... Um, found out that me and him have something in common that I don't think I have in common with anybody else in town that I know. Now, maybe somebody will hear this and, you know, and write and be like, Hey, me too. But I'm pretty sure it's just me and Riley for now that I know of. And so, um, that was really exciting. And, um, we got talking about that for a little bit, kind of on a sidetrack. It's kind of a long one. It's almost an hour. Maybe it is an hour. Maybe it's more than an hour. I don't know. We talked a while. Um, really got along with Riley. I think maybe we're new. We're now best friends. No, I'm just kidding. But he was really cool. And we really did hit it off. And I already liked the music of the infamous. And I just like them so much more now. But before we get to all that, we have some music. Um, before we have the music, I want to let you know, coming up really, really quick, April 1st, Lola's Hand of the Archer, the beats. And I forgot the opener opener. Um, but be there. I'll be there. Say hi. Um, sure, Lady Lord's going to be there. It's going to be a good time. Lots of people. Fun, fun, fun. And then the weekend after that, it's going to be Panther, the Psychedelic Panther Fest. So Lola's two weeks in a row. It's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be great. So be there. All right. Before it gets too late, I'm going to go ahead and get on with the music and get on with the interview. Starting off tonight's show, we got a brand new one from Big Heaven, and it's called Creature. And then, speaking of creatures, both big and small, we have um, one that was just posted uh, just a few weeks ago from Kevin Aldridge and the Appraisers, and it's called 19 and Counting. And it's actually um, written about the passing of his Basset Hound and best friend, Trapper. And then I'm a sucker for a Basset Hound. I miss my Basset Willow so much all the time. And so I really um, I wanted to play this song. You know, shout out to Trapper, shout out to Willow, shout out to Kevin. And um, then after that, just because we talked about Tommy Luke a little bit in the interview, um, we're going to play Rednecked, and I think it kind of fits. After the interview, we're going to rock your socks off. We're going to have um, a song by The Infamous I haven't played, which I really, really like. It is called Sexual Fun Time Groove Machine. And wait till you hear what it's about. 
and then listen to it in context. It's going to be a wild ride. After that, we're going to have um, one from Dallas's own Mothership. They were brought up a little bit in this episode, so we thought we'd play some Mothership. I forgot what song. What song did we play? Oh, yeah, Midnight Express off their 2017 album. And then um, we're going to close it out with Me Thinks and their song Dungaree High. So Tony is going to start off a little chill. Not really chill. Kind of mid-range. You know, socket to me range. Be kind of mid-range. And then um, you got a nice interview, a nice long interview. And then after that, it's going to rock your socks off. So if it's the beginning of your day, if you're listening to this like Monday or Tuesday morning, you know, it's going to kind of ease you into the day. Have a nice conversation, and then it's gonna. By the time it's over, you're gonna rock out, and you're gonna be ready to face the day. So, all right, everybody. Hope you're ready. We're ready to get funky. Now I'm just waiting. I've already got everything all lined up. Oh, there it is. Big heaven creature on the Funky Town podcast. <laughs>
How would that feel good?
Pirates Favorite Podcast, the Funky Town Podcast. My hair is so wavy. I like biscuits and gravy. My dad was in the Navy back when I was a kid. We drove in a station wagon. We played Dungeons and Dragons. No, I ain't bragging. But that's just what we did. Cause I am a redneck. My wife, she's a damn wreck. All my kids are all rejects. From Burleson High. And I live in a trailer. Fuck my neighbor Probably go into labor On the 4th of July I met her in a bait shop She worked there on her day job And her brother Billy Ray Bob He weighs 264 And he just got out of prison Beating his children And if he's in the building Then I'm out the door Cause I am a redneck My wife, she's a damn wreck All my kids are all rejects From Granberry High And I live in a trailer This is Riley. Hey, Riley. This is Jeff for the Funky Town Podcast. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you, man? Good. I just, uh, you know, sitting my millennial self on the couch with a white claw and 
pause the new Mandalorian oh. and uh, all the other thing millennials enjoy. Oh, you know? all right, nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting my Gen X butt down in my room. You know, not really doing whatever it is Gen X people do. I don't think we really do a lot these days. Yeah, well, you know, um, certain things are for everybody. Like uh, I don't know, maybe White Claw. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I've had a couple of the seltzers. Um, I haven't really found one that I like that that much. Yeah, yeah. I thought we'd just kick it off with uh, the gross flavors we've all had. Right now, I'm having a black cherry. You know, so um, let's just kick it off with that. <laughs> yeah, I tried a. It was like a lime, some kind of lime, which yeah. I, which I like lime, but it was just I I don't like seltzer anyways. So it, it you. You have to at least like yeah. that. Like, I won't drink the the Topo Chico or any of those kind of drinks. Uh-huh. It's just not. Yeah. The, it's not my deal, you know. Yeah, so. good drink for a Thursday night. You know, maybe not a Saturday, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. No, I got no problem with it. Yeah. No. All right, man. Um. So you're in the infamous, and so y'all been yeah. around. I've yeah. just um, I don't I don't know how to. How, how to start this i did see a post where you said that um you've released like four singles in like four months and i think that's what put me on the radar with you guys because i would see y'all post that you have a new song out and i'm always looking for new music to play so i'm like i'll check it out and i was like oh this, this is great so i'll play it and then like a month later i'm like another one and then it's like a month later i'm like oh another one and then it's like i just become you know like a yeah, a yeah. fan of you guys through that you know because i didn't really know y'all as well um i think mm-hmm. before that so um that was a good. I think that was good on y'all's guys' part to get your name out there more. Just that regular something new every yeah, month or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the constant grind. That was that's good to know then, because I was actually going to ask you, um, you know, how you heard of us before, and um, that that actually was the idea. Was I mean, four singles. I think the I think you played two of them. I think you did the first one, and then I think you did the most recent one, and that's been. Uh, one a month basically since november and um you know here we are at here we are at four and i kind of think four might have maybe been one too many but now we have the album coming next month so it's uh kind of been just four or five months straight of a constant grind <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> with that much content but uh yeah so so that's good to know then i guess it, i guess it worked if if it put us in touch i was wondering if Maybe you were. Maybe you knew our bass player Spencer, since he's from Fort Worth. Is it Spencer Wharton? Yeah, that's think, him. Yes, yeah, I I know the name. I don't know the name personally. Um, what other stuff has mm-hmm. he been in? So he's uh, he's a Fort Worth native. He's kind of the Fort Worth guy in the band. But um, he's uh, he's been in the band since we started it. So that would have been 2012, and he's from Benbrook. Um, Okay, and uh, we met at UNT. Uh, he also did some booking for some places out there. I know he's done booking at Ten Panther, uh, the Grotto, um, and then you know he's booked shows just wherever we happen to play. So mm-hmm. we've been playing out there for for ten years. You know, I mean, I think the first places we used to play were maybe the Cellar or the Aardvark. Yeah, and now we now lately it seems to be more of like the lolas and when it was open mass was was kind of the main two but um yeah we you've probably seen our name floating on a flyer out there or or something yeah it's so weird (laughs) it's like um 
because I, I did the show for about six years and then it, it just kind of got too to be too much with my family and everything that I was I was doing um uh-huh. so I stopped doing it and then um right after that is whenever COVID hit and then everything oh, stopped man. and then yeah. whenever everything started to open back up again I just like man I was like I really miss doing this and so I kind of want to start it up again so it, it's a little different now but um man I'm I'm finding out that it's like I kind of I kind of forgot a lot of stuff from my first time yeah you the know? before times yeah like, <laughs> like I had Matt Tanner yeah. on um was he last or the week? no he was the week before last yeah I had, yeah and I I, I was talking to him like it was the first time that I ever had him on the show. And when I went to post the show and I started to type his name, another title popped up with his name in it. And so I, I, mean, I researched it. And I was like, gosh, I mean, I had him on before, like, you know, in 2017 or 19 or whatever, completely forgot that I, I, I had him yeah. on. And not that he's forgettable because he's not i mean he's one of my favorite mm-hmm. you know oh yeah yeah I've, I've listened to his stuff too yeah, yeah but i just i can't i could not believe that i forgot that i even had him on you know before so it's like yeah. i may have you know played all stuff or been aware of it the first mm-hmm. time around and then just kind of forgot with with covid and yeah. age and all, all this stuff but yeah i don't know um well you know that's uh that's good on both ends because if you do another interview with somebody later on, I mean, I guess it's it's good for both you because it shows that you're highly in, in tune and paying close attention, and then it's good for the artist because it shows that they're still doing stuff that draws attention. So uh, <laughs> I definitely don't see that as a bad yeah. thing at all. You know, yeah, I, I love it when people come back around. <laughs> I just don't want anybody to have their feelings hurt, you know, because they're like, oh, you know, oh, yeah. because I have had people come up to me and like, talk to me at a show and i've had them on mm-hmm. where i mean, actually sat face to face and we talked you know for an hour and then mm-hmm. i just kind of forgot because there's so many it was like one a week yeah. every week and there was like you know 300 yeah. of them or whatever and it was just like sometimes you forget oh um, yeah yeah and you know there's so many so many bands and and artists and stuff going around now that you know, to to really get noticed by anybody, it's it's a lot of legwork. <laughs> so I'm I'm sure none of them mind being noticed twice. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I don't think so. I think yeah, um, yeah. And, and plus, if you're really cool the first time around, then uh-huh. they, then they usually you know if they remember coming on because I'm not even maybe I mean heck he might have forgot that he even came on too. I don't know. I didn't ask him about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, or, or he may have had a really good experience and was like, oh, of course I'll come back or whatever. I don't know, but it's. Yeah. Yeah, no, dude. Matt Tatters, he's a fun guitar player to watch. Yeah, um, I think I think I know Spencer's a big fan. Um, I've listened to some of it. I really liked what I heard too. Um, I just love guitar-driven stuff. Yeah, you know that's kind of that's my whole thing. So, so any anything with a featured guitar in there, you know, we're going to be fans of. But um, we've definitely seen. Uh, I don't think I've ever met Matt, but we've definitely seen his name, you know, circulating around. So he's definitely doing doing a lot of things right yeah um so So, are you the guitar player yeah i do uh all the guitar and i do you know i used to do all the vocals lately i guess i would say i do a majority but the vocals have become more shared lately um and then spencer our fort worth guy plays bass and does vocals and then our drummer ryan um he's from dallas he's um he's been in the band 
pretty much since the beginning he wasn't our first drummer but he did join the first year um so it's basically been the same three guys for uh this year would be 10 years so wow so you've been around since 2012 13 yeah with this lineup yeah um uh, because yeah the reason why I wanted to ask about the, the, the guitar so yeah y'all are really into um, the flying V's yeah that kind of became I don't know what happened but I found a really good deal on one a few years ago and at the time uh, my favorite my favorite DFW band at the time and still probably my favorite but you know definitely the one that comes to mind most for me is Mothership from Dallas mm-hmm and um you know kelly uh from that band he's probably like my local guitar hero you know i just i love the way he plays i love the way he he carries himself i love his tone the songs and he's just a flying v guy and i was i just kind of thought you know like you know i found a good deal on one um i'm gonna go snag it and then a friend of mine gave me another one and now i have two and then spencer actually ended up buying um, not from him, but the bass player from Mothership, Kyle, sold his Flying V, and then Spencer bought that bass from the guy that Kyle sold it to. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So I completely credit Mothership with this. I don't know if you've ever met them or not, but mm. I just lo- I, I love everything about them. And, um, you know, Kelly got me into that, and then Spencer ended up buying his brother Kyle's bass through another guy, and uh, then I ended up getting another one. And we're kind of guitar junkies. I mean, between Spencer and I, we probably have like 30 guitars. His collection's massive. I don't oh, even wow. know how many he has. But uh, yeah, Flying V's just seem to, you know, they're kind of like sleazy, but mine has leopard print on it, so it's really sleazy. Mm-hmm. But um, they're kind of like sleazy dad rocker 80s vibes. But, you know, if you carry it the right way, it's such a fun guitar to to throw around on stage yeah you can you know do all kinds of acrobatic erotic positions with it sure um but then when you get home you can't even sit down with it so it's kind of like i don't even play mine at home you know but um it's a fun it's a fun live guitar and uh, i blame mothership for our interest in that because now we actually own one that they used to own so i think that's cool yeah yeah <laughs> we we do too we, we actually told kyle you're like, hey, we have your bass now. And he's like, oh, really? That guy sold it, huh? So, yeah, we actually have a mothership flying V in the band, and they're the reasons we're kind of caught up in in the flying V um, obsession. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, a, bu- a buddy of mine, um, Marlon, who plays guitar in the Methinks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, over, we know them. Okay, I went over to his house one day, and uh, he showed me a guitar that he got he goes i got it for camping now we haven't gone camping yet but he, he pulls out this acoustic flying v guitar <laughs> i was like well i've never seen yeah. a flying v you know it, but it it was an acoustic gu- gu- guitar and so he said that was for his camping trips or whatever and i wanted to see him sit with i guess i guess you could kind of put it i mean you could put it over like your right leg and just kind of have like you know uh-huh. the v on both your top of your yeah thigh and, and below it and kind of just kind of hold it out and play it sitting down but it would it'd be weird yeah something about a flying v acoustic is really ballsy too because you know it's not even electric it's it's just like 
you know, so certain people like flying V's because of the way they look, the way they sound, the way you can hold them on stage. But then if it's not even an electric guitar, it's like, no, I'm entirely dedicated to the look. Yeah, totally. That's all it is. Hunter, there's no tonal benefit to an acoustic flying V or anything. You know, you're not going to be running around probably with it. Like, I mean, if Ed Sheeran played one, you know, I don't know, maybe it would catch on. But sure. It's like no, I'm dedicated to the Flash. No, that's, that's totally really it. what they are. Yep, it, yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it's black. It's cool. Yeah, they're I mean, the ultimate really cool. Flash guitar. <laughs> um. All right. So you, you did say that you have a new album co- coming out. What's the story behind your your newest okay. album? Yeah. So um, you've probably heard not half of it, but um, four tenths. Um, so the four singles we put out are all going to be on it. Um, and there's 10 songs total. Um, it's called Live Evil, which I forget the literal term for what it is. Someone reminded me the other day, but when a word spelled backwards... Yeah, it's a palindrome. It's the same. Palindrome, yeah, like race car. Yeah. And uh, I, did a, I did an interview with a blog in um, Sweden the other day, and they were like, that's a palindrome. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of a illiterate american but i know how to spell live evil you know so um but yeah it's a palindrome um basically the message uh like pretty much every record we've ever done is um have fun party ignore the bad embrace the good or embrace the bad if it yields good things um we've had themes before about um stuff going on around you that's pretty horrible find a way to get through it have fun basically all of our all of our albums are kind of themed around getting through the bad times with the good or making good in light of the bad. Like we had one album called through hell and high whiskey. That's Mm -hmm. obviously about getting through things. Uh, we had another one called champagne and the killing field, obviously about finding a reason to celebrate in the midst of the chaos. And then now we have live evil, which I guess you could say is the, uh, the finale in the trio of full length albums about um partying it up in the midst of of the bleak. So um that's kind of what a lot of our albums end up being about. Um of course in the songs we explore all different kinds of themes. We don't talk about just that stuff. We talk about a little bit of really anything, anything from science fiction to blues to personal experiences. But um it's a pretty good record. Um you might know the guy that helped helped us make it uh taylor tash from audio styles he's awesome yeah Yeah, he's uh so he's the third um engineer we've worked with um spencer's worked with him before he's spencer's also in another band called the static creatures um he's done some work with taylor before and i i'm just like so thrilled that uh, i finally had an experience because i i know taylor's recorded um, so many bands, um, and he's, you know, got some Fort Worth love in him. You know, he always talks about Fort Worth as like his musical home. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he actually posted, I don't know if you saw, he posted right before you called me on Facebook. Uh, he said, look at all my friends doing cool things. And he tagged us and Matt Tatter. He tagged your last episode, oh, cool. I think. Yeah, that featured us and Matt. So I so I commented. And I was like, just so you know, I'm about to talk to them in like ten minutes. So kind of kind of weird that you know weird timing there. But yeah, um, yeah Taylor's our guy. Uh, he he um, 
you know, accomplished so many things for us. Um, he plays guitar, so that's a huge thing for me, having an engineer that, that can relate to that. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he basically gave me and us the, uh, the album I've personally been chasing since I was, you know, 15. I've always wanted an album where you listen to song one to song, the last song, and you don't skip anything. Everything's yeah. good. Awesome. And I've, I've always had a kind of, you know, like, oh, well, I didn't like my solo on this song or this song's kind of cheesy or my, my vocals were, were kind of a problem for our, some of our developmental years and just working with him. I mean, finally gave me what I want. I'm 30 now, you know, I've been playing in bars whenever my mom would drop, drop me off <laughs> at the bar to mm -hmm. play open mic night. And we've been making records for, you know, a long time and he finally gave me the one where it's like i am a fan of this if i were not in the band i would buy this one on vinyl so he finally did that and uh you know nothing but major props to to say about mr taylor so that's awesome yeah did he play big any, accomplishment <laughs> did he play any on the album he did uh a few different things um of course he he did the mixing uh -huh. and then we had it mastered by todd pipes and um Taylor threw in, it just depends on the song, but he's kind of scattered throughout it. He did some organ. I think he's actually doing some backing vocals. I can't remember what song it might have been on, but I think he's got some backing vocals in there. Um, I know he did some organ and some other like samples and just some different mixing ideas. And then um, also just what he was able to contribute, um, you know, during the process, he brought some of his amps and, uh, we got to crank it up through some of his amps. He brought some guitars we could use. And um, it was just so helpful for me personally because having a, you know, another guitar player man the board, I'd, you know, work on something. I'd be like, does this suck? Is this any good? And he'd be like, it's awesome. We're keeping it. Or, you know, like, yeah, maybe double it, make it sound like Randy Rhodes. You know, he mm -hmm. just, he had advice that like my guitar brain, you know, feasted upon. <laughs> so. No, that's cool. Yeah, and I've um, yeah. I know that he's um, recorded some of my other friends, and um, a lot of them are just singer songwriters, and so they'll go in there and they'll mm -hmm. have an a, a idea, and a lot of them will just play the guitar and sing, and then he'll help out with. I mean, because I mean, he can do so much that he'll that he mm -hmm. can play a lot of the, you know, a lot of the band if that's something that you need, and I'm sure other bands are just kind of like. You know they they wanted to do all the music themselves or whatever, but I think it's cool that he can kind yeah. of get in there and you know and kind of put his own little influence on it here and there because yeah he's super good. I don't know him. I I mean he probably mm -hmm. knows who I am and you know, just like I know who, who he is, but you know yeah. we haven't talked much. Um, but if I'm not wrong, isn't he he's keyboardist in um, the Cutthroat Finches? Uh, guitar. Oh, guitar. Yeah, he yeah yeah that's right. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. The, he, he, um, He's not the key keyboard player that, 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 that's yeah. the with the black hair. Um, okay. Yeah I, don't, yeah. yeah. I don't know what all he's recorded with them, but I went to see them uh, after we finished recording. He happened to be playing in Denton, which is where I live. And um, he was playing with cut, Cutthroat Finches, and we went to check them out. Um, and I, I can't remember everyone he's recorded, but he has done a lot of our oh, friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong later, but I think he did Phantom Mellow and Dead Vinyl, um, among a, among a few more. He did Spencer's um, other band. 
he just did our friend uh, Anthony Coker, and uh, uh, we're actually on that record. I did a, I did one guitar solo, and then Spencer did some bass, and Ryan I think did all the drums. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, yeah, between Spencer, Ryan, and I, we've probably done four four records with Taylor, um, just either with the Infamous or filling in with other people's bands um so they they've definitely worked with him spencer especially has definitely worked with him a lot um but yeah i'm super appreciative of him he he gave me the the record you know teenage riley's always wanted so i don't know how much more praise i could possibly give um man it's really funny so i have this list of questions that i want to ask you whatever and a lot of them you're like answering before i even like like i have this one that's like and i yeah. and I, I never <laughs> asked this it's like can you talk about any upcoming projects or collaborations that, that you have you know and that was cause something that you just talked yeah. about playing the guitar you know so um all right yeah anyways it's, it's, well, it's just interesting the way i got this list because yeah. I've, I've never done this before and i've only used a couple of questions from it but um i went into ai the the chat thing or whatever okay. and was like it's like okay i'm interviewing you know the um i think i put the guitarist singer from the infamous um from dallas and then i was like what questions sh- 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 should i ask and i got like <laughs> and they gave me like 20 of them they're okay and i took like 10 out that i liked and then i was like give me 10 interesting questions to ask okay. you know, whatever and then it gave me like a few more so i kind of mixed them all together or whatever but yeah. yeah but a lot of it you're just talking about without me even asking i'm like wow man i think ai knows well, something I- well, just uh, just a uh, just to preface things, I am kind of a chatterbox, so uh, feel free to uh, to cut me off or or let me know because I, I mean I can go on for a while. I'm <laughs> so no, it's good for a especially podcast. when robots are involved. Oh yeah, <laughs> especially when robots are involved. You know, I've seen iRobot like twelve times. I know how to handle robots. So <laughs> <laughs> so um, okay, so this isn't one of my written down ones this is just a quick question i have for you so your area code that i call you at is that like Am- isn't that like an amarillo yeah okay. yeah um that's where i'm from uh so i've had the same phone number since i guess i guess since high school or middle school um but yeah 806 is amarillo lubbock and i grew up in canyon which is maybe 15 minutes south of amarillo um yeah, it's uh, it's the Panhandle. Yeah. Okay. So you want to hear um, something yeah. kind of crazy? So yeah. um, from I think third grade through eighth grade, I lived in Canyon. No way. Yeah, that's why I know oh, the area wow. code. Yeah, but I, I didn't think you would okay. live there. I thought I thought you were going to say uh, Lubbock, yeah. or you maybe you went to so college you were in an Lubbock eagle too. <laughs> you know, I, I, I never made it to high school. I left my eighth grade year and I moved here my ninth grade year. So, so you were a Canyon Eagle. Okay. Um, yeah. So but I did go to Canyon Junior High, and I went to Oscar Hinger Elementary. Yeah, and, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and whenever I lived there, um, the college was still West Texas State University. Yeah, I uh, I went to that college for a couple years. I think it was 2010, 2011, um, and it was the sister school of A and M. Now it's West mm-hmm. Texas A and M. Yeah, I haven't been back in a while, um, but. Yeah, the town's grown. You can buy beer at Walmart now. Yeah, they didn't even have a Walmart. I mean, there was no Walmart when I was there. No, yeah. that, that's crazy. Yeah, that's, not only that. That was where, I mean, it's just, it, it's really weird. Because that's where I, you know, 
I say grew up as far as like you have like little chapters in your life, and that was my childhood. Because when I moved here, I was a fourteen, so I was a teenager now, and kind of you okay. know doing all that, you know, chasing girls and getting my first kiss and doing all that kind of stuff. But there, it was all yeah. about riding bikes and going you know down to the creek and and throwing rocks at windows or whatever you know just being boys oh, just yeah. you know just doing yeah. stuff and and we rode our bike all over town and um my dad every morning would get up and he would go to um a restaurant is it the wagon wheel something some kind of wheel but it was just a coffee shop and everybody in there smoked uh-huh. drank coffee you know and they would talk <laughs> about whatever and you know and then they would go to work you know and he did this every morning i would go with him you know sometimes and i would just watch people going these old men just smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee and mm-hmm. talking about politics or whatever you know like six thirty, yeah before they even go to work and um no they had one movie theater and it was always whatever movies are at the dollar theater now you know that was what the movies we got yep there. i've been to that one <laughs> yeah yeah you know, yeah but, that was, was cool. uh that was where i went on my first date was that uh as probably like eighth or ninth grade and it was the varsity theater right there I, it's got to be the one you're talking about probably. it's kind of right there off main street just kind of by the square one one screen mm-hmm. yeah um, it was, yeah, it was right always just on one movie yeah just one movie would come yep, there. yeah that's it oh. yeah that's uh that's unfortunately gone now that that stuck around for a long time but they had to uh they had to finally let it go because movies apparently are getting so advanced with the film and projectors and just the way technology, you know, has gone that I guess the theater couldn't afford to upgrade the equipment to show the newest films. Mm-hmm. So I, I, the last I heard was they had to let it go because of that, because they're like, well, we can't really afford to upgrade the equipment to show you know the new avengers movies so unless you guys want to keep watching miss doubtfire every weekend like we're gonna have to you know cut bait and that but that that place stuck around a long time it yeah. was there when i left so yeah well, the only thing we ever did was everybody would drive down which i guess is main street just the one street that goes all the way through and there was um yep. there was like a couple of um grocery stores and they people just park in the parking lot and we just drive through and just look at people in the parking lot. You know, that's what they were that's what Friday nights were was just driving up and down the strip. Yeah. And same. You know. It's so same funny. same same experience. Uh probably, you know, obviously there's there's definitely been some landscaping changes with what grocery stores, you know, like you said, there wasn't a Walmart there, you know, and then when I got there there was a Walmart. You know, there's different businesses that have popped up, but sure. that was very much what my high school you know, like we didn't have smartphones and TikTok then either. So it, it was a lot of driving around. And we used to sit at the Sonic was okay. our thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, and I look back on it because that's where I had my best friend. I was in the Boy Scouts. We went camping in Palo Duro a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it was really, but man, when I was there living it, I didn't like it at all. And we were skaters. So we were kind of mm-hmm. like the little punk nerds or whatever and yeah. so in town all the cool kids were we called them ropers i don't know if they still called them ropers t- you know 20 years later yeah well but, we've got a little more vile term for them but <laughs> with like shit kicker yeah there you go okay. i didn't know if we could cuss on this <laughs> oh yeah it's fine um okay cool yeah um, shit kicker <laughs> yeah and so but yeah we was there were ropers and you know we were always either geeks or freaks it was really that kind of thing and um but no there were 
th- there were times whenever we were walking because we're in middle school. Like I said, I left when I was like 13, maybe 14 or whatever. So when we're like 12, 13 or whatever, we're walking around with our skateboards, our weird haircuts and all this kind of stuff. And a truck would just drive by of high school kids and they'd, they'd just stop and, they, and they'd be get, get out and be like, you know, conist, you know gay slurs and all this kind of stuff and they start chasing yeah. us down the street we're running off yeah. and, we're, and we're thinking that we're gonna get our ass kicked and you know we're running off as yeah. fast as we can so I, I, was, I was wondering if 20 years later if that was still there that still same cowboy because a lot of ranchers live there yeah yeah that that was actually my upbringing was i lived kind of out um i don't by the uh not in Paladero Canyon, but but you know there was a canyon in my backyard. I don't know if it was technically part of part of Paladero Canyon, but I lived a little bit on the outside of town. Mm-hmm. And you know we had horses, and I did horse shows and and everything. So I had that kind of upbringing, but I didn't really you know look like it because then you look at it, you you see me at school, and it's like, well, he's kind of like a cross between like emo and Leonard Skinnerd. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I'm like on the weekends, I'm like, I'm on the football team, you know, C squad, but you know, I'm on the football sure. team showing horses. So I, I had a lot to relate to those types of kids about. Um, but there was just something a little too different about me that, you know, maybe it's cause I wasn't good enough at football or because I had long hair, but, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely had that kind of upbringing, and the, and there is still kind of that dynamic there, uh, with you know those types of kids and stuff. Um, but playing music, especially in high school, was kind of interesting because it was like there were the kids that played music for church or youth group, uh-huh. and then there were you know at the time when I was when I was in high school, you know the the scene was big, you know like Norma Jean, Under Oath, uh, you know bands like that. And I was just into the Joe Dirt um, playlist, you know, like Van Halen and and Def Leppard and all this stuff. Okay. So I didn't I didn't really know where the hell I fit in. I was on the football team and showing horses, but I like classic rock and had long hair and Converse. I just I don't know. It was kind of weird, but I mean, I've been dealing with you know people kind of like making fun of me for my hair, or my clothes, like my whole life. So nothing's really changed, even at thirty, you know. <laughs> It did, it, it did so, feel better to, like, whenever we moved here, I was like, all right, man, I'm moving to a new town, and it's a bigger uh-huh. city, and nobody knows me, and uh, so I can start all over again, and, you know, I don't have any kind of, I could be whatever I wanted. So, like, when I moved here, I wanted to dress nicer, so I started to wear more, like, chess king-type clothes or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I moved to Lake Worth, and Lake Worth is a lot smaller then than it was now, and so my first year... Um, when I was in ninth grade, it was hell too, man. There were bullies, and I was getting bullied because I was the new kid, and I, mm-hmm. and I dressed too nice for the school, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> but then the next year, I went to Lamar, and um, and then ended up going to El Bell. And so, but once I got to like a big five A school where there was like tons of kids and lots of weirdos and theater kids and music kids, I was like, okay, I'd finally found yeah. like a little group that I could run with and not feel as weird, you know. But it is tough in a small town if you're, you know, like I said, my parents were hardcore christian so we were into church you know and we would mm-hmm. we, that's all we did there was church and revivals and all this kind of stuff but we still you know managed to be you know i was as as much as a weirdo as i could be while being in church you know but just the fact that i hung out with the skater kids you know yeah already had me marked as far as you know we were the we were the freaks you know and all the cowboys and stuff like to 
like to chase us around. Yeah, what what's funny is like both both groups probably don't realize, but once you become an adult, the the answer to the to the question is just to be a nice blend of both. You know, because everybody loves a weirdo cowboy. For real, you know, I think everybody so too. loves I think, a weirdo I, cowboy. I, I totally, I, man, I couldn't agree with <laughs> what you I'm more. trying to be. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I really do try to embrace. Like I was telling my wife the other day, we were watching something. They were eating calf fries. You know, and I was like, oh, man, delicious, I was man. like, when, when, when I was a kid, I was, I was in the, um, in the FFA and it was in, it was there. And I mean, we went to this guy's house and it was, I said like we were in the city limits when we did this, but we castrated some of his cows and he showed us how to make calf fries and we all tasted it, you know, but that was just normal for like a, a middle schooler, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I actually love my upbringing. Like I don't, I don't regret it at all you know being being from the panhandle or having to deal with like those certain stereotypes in high school and stuff um because a lot of it's still kind of ingrained in what i do and who i am like like you should see my cowboy boot collection it's huge you know yeah like (laughs) i wear those more than i wear any other kind of shoe and you know i'll ride horses with you any day of the week there's just something about like western like outdoorsy living and that kind of upbringing that I really did appreciate a lot about it. There's also a lot about it. I didn't appreciate, you know, so it's kind of, it's kind of like now that I'm, you know, now that you're not a kid anymore, you kind of have the power to blend what you like together. So if you want to be a skater punk cowboy, like who's stopping you now, you know, you're over 18. (laughs) So no, exactly. And that was one of the cool things about when I moved over here and started doing the, the podcasts and stuff, you know, I would meet exactly those p- people. When I first when I first met Tommy Luke, he was going by Luke McGlathery. Um, it makes uh-huh. more sense for him to call himself Tommy Luke, but um, he does. I mean, it's kind of old school twangy country music or whatever. But you know, mm-hmm. I mean, this dude's all he doesn't look like a cowboy or anything, and he's usually on a skateboard and doing like skateboard dude type things yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's like you can totally be a a punk rocker, alternative goth person, whatever you want, and still play, yeah, you know, country music or whatever. You yeah. know, it all works. You know, it, it, as long as it's authentic, I, th- I think is when it works. You're just, you know, if you're just yeah. doing who you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, nobody likes a poser, but you know, when they talk about like America being a melting pot, it's like that's that's my favorite thing to think of. Is like you can be an emo goth cowboy that sings the blues and rides a skateboard mm-hmm. and works at whole foods, you, you know, there's no limits. You can do like whatever the hell you want. That's it's a, you know, an, a fusion of, of culture and, you know, the panhandle culture, you know, there was something that I really did appreciate about Friday night football for the high school and, you know, the, the musical every year and, you know, just, that one that one screen movie theater only having that mm-hmm. in that town we grew up in you know there's something about you know having so little to do that you have to go hang out at sonic or the walmart parking lot there's something about that that i miss and love you know it, it it's definitely different than you know a kid living up living in brooklyn i'm sure so sure. um or even me i'm raising my yeah. kids here we're <laughs> just like three or four minutes from downtown i mean we're yeah in the fairmont it, 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 area and so you know it's yeah it's city it's inner city you know and so it's like they have a totally different kind of upbringing than i did um being out there you know because we lived 
I think my address was 2600 16th Avenue. And when we lived there, there was no 17th Avenue. It was just uh-huh. open field, you know. And when, yeah. you went, when you went down the street away, there was this, I don't know, giant hole. It's just a giant fucking hole in the middle of the ground. <laughs> and people would throw shit down there, you know, like old bed frames and just junk or whatever. But we would yeah. we would ride our little huffy bikes because, I mean, you could ride up and you could go right down in that hole and ride all the way down and come right up on the other side. And we would move yeah. junk around and make little ramps in there. And we would just spend hours doing that stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I went to some of the same parks you probably rode around in. Uh, they've had that one park over on the southeast side of town for forever that's probably been there since the town was there um and then and then of course i don't know if you ever went to like any of the local stuff like did you ever go to the play they would do in the canyon texas yeah the play? yeah that was one of yeah. the most incredible things it's that's, awesome. that's still one of the neatest <laughs> things i think i've ever done awesome. in, my enti- in my entire life i had a yeah. teacher one one of my teachers was was in it and, um, really? Yeah, yeah. It, it was like a speech and drama teacher or whatever. Whatever you have in mm-hmm. like eighth grade. I think it, I, I think it was speech class. I don't think there was like theater. I think it was speech. But yeah, our, our speech t- t- teacher was a. Uh, he was in. Yeah. He was in it, and it was cool, man. It's they made they made the lightning and the thunder coming through, and it's like you know, and you see the, you see oh, the yeah. Indians come up above on top of the. It's neat. Uh-huh. It's a really cool. Yeah. It all takes place inside the, inside the. the that the little canyon. amphitheater, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like anybody that asks me about my hometown, it's like, what's the coolest thing to do? It's like, well, you're not a teenager growing up there, so all the stuff I like to do, you know, probably wouldn't make sense for you to do now, but, you know, you can go to that. Um, then there's, I don't, was it there when you when you lived there, the, the restaurant in Amarillo with the 72-ounce steak? Oh, yeah, the big tech center or something like that? yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's where I used to get calf fries. And I oh, okay. was like, I love this place. Oh, yeah, no. We, yeah. And we'd go out and look at the Cadillacs that are the big Cadillacs that are buried out in the middle of the desert or not. You know, I never did that. Okay. I never did the I never did the Cadillac Ranch. Yeah, I can't Cadillac believe Ranch, I'm yeah. saying that. I never did that. I'm going to have to do that one day. I never did that for some reason. So, no, I got a yeah. um my friends got me a state park pass for for my uh-huh. birthday so I can go to any state park for free just getting in and going for day use whatever and we're trying mm-hmm. to we're trying to go to as many state parks as as we can over not in one year you know just in in, in, in my life because there's like 80 something um yeah. anyways pa- uh, paladuro is a state park so i'm definitely going to go up there again I haven't been in years and i'm going to try to see if i can drive and find my 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 old house do we lived in an octagon shaped house I mean, Whoa. there wasn't a it wasn't a square house. It was like this round kind of house, and the and the uh-huh. um, the uh, ceilings went kind of up high. And like every room in there, there was no square room. Every room was just like different shapes. One room was almost like a triangle, but it was like <laughs> it still had four walls. But it's like one end, like where you open the, the the door, it was really wide, and then the walls would go in towards like a point, but it never got to a point towards the the, the end. It would yeah. just it went flat, like about maybe like a three feet wide or whatever you know yeah just real wild looking um and then we had like a there was like a two or three car garage and then it had a cellar you know and so i got to make my little club you know my little group of friends or whatever we, we we'd all they would c- eric, come over and we would yeah. live we would go down and hang out in the cellar you had eric foreman's basement i did have eric foreman's you know yeah. basement it was awesome you know i had a basement too yeah was, everybody had a basement because all the tornadoes yeah. did, you know oh man yeah tornado alley 
you know, it's like growing up there, it's like, what are you more afraid of, the Bible Belt or Tornado Alley? Right. It's like, I fear nothing. I grew up in the epicenter of both, you know? Like, and I had, I had a basement too, and that's where uh, the basement I was in was painted like the Garden of Eden. The lady that lived there before was like an expert painter, wow. and she painted the whole basement like the Garden of Eden. And I was down there. Uh, the band I was in in high school had kind of like a goth rock Marilyn Manson kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're playing down there. Got the lights turned off in like the Garden of Eden with like some like 18 year olds like covering the misfits and stuff it was my mom was like well clearly you know the spirituality is not rubbing off on them so (laughs) it's like yeah garden garden eden basement and uh, i also lived across um because i kind of live in in the canyon not in it but kind of like kind of on the outskirts of it and we lived across from this monastery of nuns catholic nuns wow and yeah, there were like, I think there were at least a dozen or two of them that lived in this monastery and they used to make candy and it was awesome. And they had a two story, like, um, two story compound and it had a giant cross on the top and they had an elevator in there and it was just huge. It was like a, a, a nun complex, like a fortification of some sort. And, uh, you know, they would go through all this stuff, like lightning struck their roof one time, and someone threw a bottle rocket in their field and caught their field on It was like these nuns were always like, like they were constantly at war with something. And uh, I was like, I hope I'm not like doing this with my goth rock band, you know, oh. in the basement of the Garden of Eden with the messing with these nuns or something. So are they still there, you think? Um, well, I, I definitely know the building's still there. I don't know if it's still a, a monastery, um, but I'm sure it is. Uh, I, I see no reason why it wouldn't be. Um, I mean, I don't know what their, you know, rent or mortgage situation is because it is like a religious thing. So I don't know if they live there for free. I'm not sure hmm. how the religious exemptions work for that. You know how churches don't pay taxes. Maybe that's something going on there i don't know it's it's their financial business but i'm sure it's still there that's cool um it's it's kind of over by you know the big college football stadium when you're heading out of town oh man it's been so long i don't know if i even remember yeah yeah it's kind of like you're heading to amarillo but then you just drive over into the canyon instead okay but yeah there's a monastery out there mm-hmm. oh that's cool yeah no that's wild i just haven't <laughs> met anybody in a long time from you know for, for no from i haven't there. It'd only, it'd only be weirder if you're 50, because then I'd be like, wait a second, we probably knew each other, you know, but since you're yeah, 30, you're yeah. 21 years younger than I am. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's cool. I haven't talked to anybody about it in a while, because I've been here, you know, 10 years, mm-hmm. and I don't really know anyone else, I think, that's from there. It's been a while since I've talked about it, and I don't really go back, or I keep in touch with a handful of people, like, you know how it is when you move. I oh, mean, sure don't keep in touch with everybody but yeah i haven't thought about canyon in a long time so now you're gonna want to go back huh yeah uh probably not yeah. <laughs> well if you ever I mean, do at make... least i could buy i could buy white claw walmart now oh <laughs> so you're right that's right good. so that's a plus <laughs> now we, yeah. we used to make trips because my family or my dad's sisters and stuff and my, my grandparents all lived here so we would come from up there to, to here all, all the time we would always stop in Quana. that was the halfway yeah. point we'd always stop in Quana and get yeah. something to eat 
So. Yeah, um, I remember. I remember every time I make that drive. I think Quana's Quana's the halfway point. Yeah. I think everybody has to go through it unless there's some other route. But um, yeah, it's like Quana, Wichita Falls, and and then it feels like you're here. Uh, yeah, now I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go back now. I, I need to go back just so I can. I mean, I've got a wife and kids now. I can, I can take my kids up there and be like, "This is where," because I'm gonna see if that house is still there. You know, or yeah, well, if if they tore it down and rebuilt something else, or uh huh, yeah, well, then you can take your family to that monastery, right? And they'll be like, "Where the hell are you taking us?" It's like my friend Riley, you know, told me about this monastery of nuns that catches on fire or something. But you you can blame the blame that on me if okay. you want. I don't mind. Yeah, no, I think it'd be an interesting <laughs> little trip, especially. Yeah. I was wondering if they were there because if. If they weren't there anymore, if it was like abandoned or anything, you can kind of go go out there and check it out. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, <laughs> take tour the tour the Catholic nun um, compound. I mean, or something. And, if, and yeah. if they are there, they might let you. If you walked up and rang the 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 the, the, the bell and just like, hey, I'm just curious, what's the history of this place? Can you show us around? They might be yeah. able to do it. And you could leave them a few dollars in their offering jar, or whatever. Yeah, um, I'm. Not too sure how it works, or you know what the secrets of the compound were, but um, mostly we just talked to them whenever there was like neighborly stuff, oh. you know, like hey, can can I borrow some flour or something like that, you know? Yeah, no. that was most most of my interaction. No, that's cool. Now, because we th- we were we were the we were city boys, and so we would walk around with our lawnmower and try to cut people's grasses, and we did have a couple of uh, of old ladies that would bring us lemonade, you know. Yeah, it's uh, that whole you know you want some lemonade and cookies kind of you know mm-hmm. old school thought or whatever that was very real when I was a kid growing up in that city you know it's also yeah very very real for the neighbor to call your dad and be like hey I saw your boy you know acting like a knucklehead and <laughs> yeah you're like, dang it I'm so you know he's like hey. yeah telling us yeah Frank saw you down the road you know yeah with me you know, it was you it's like, yeah. yeah on the golf course again yeah messing with people's play um. Yeah, luckily I ne- I never really got in trouble out there. Um, I I pretty much I I mean I had a couple run-ins, but I always got away with it. You know, uh, I never never got in too bad of trouble out there. Um, but it seems like again, you know, like there's really no no way to get in trouble um, unless you're just in a car because you know there's nowhere to party. Cause there's nowhere to buy booze. Yeah. You know, there's nowhere, there's nowhere to do anything. Everyone's religious. So it's kind of like, you can't really get in trouble, you know, when I was there. Yeah. No, it was all, like I said, it was just, it was just small yeah. time boys being, you know, like I said, it's, yeah. it's 10 year old, 12 year old boys. Like we would sneak out. Like I would go uh, to my yeah. friend Aunt, Andy's house and his mom was a nurse and he didn't have, his, he didn't know his dad or whatever. And so it was just this, this one lady raising two kids and um it was him and his older brother and he was my best friend so i would go over there all the time and i would i would spend the night and his mom like i said she was a nurse but she was a nurse at night so there's nobody there we're like 12 so he would just yeah. get up and start walking around the streets in the middle of the night and just doing oh, shit you know and we yeah. would it would see cars coming we would try to run and hide because if somebody saw us they yeah. might tell our parents that we're out just walking around in the middle of the night you know yeah i've been right there with you i've, I've done that too i mean on the more mischievous nights, there would have been some toilet paper involved, sure, um, you, know. you know, but, uh, yeah, I've definitely like just walked around Canyon at three in the morning before. Cause I'm a bored 15 year old. That's, I think that's totally normal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Most people would... are like, what? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do it here. 
I mean, where, oh, I, no. where I live, I'm like, no I'm a little way. nervous. I walked from the the boiled owl or somewhere to my house once, like at one thirty in, in in the morning. And like most of the neighborhood is pretty nice. I mean, Fairmont's mm-hmm. nice, but there's still some sketchy parts around here. And it's like, I started thinking, I'm not walking on the sidewalks because there could be somebody hiding behind these cars that jump out and get me. I don't see it until oh, I yeah. it. So I start walking down the middle of the street, just kind of keeping my eyes open. I started getting real nervous, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, in, in Canyon that was. It seemed like it was totally fine. You know, the worst they do is tell on you. Mm-hmm. No, it, but, was just, it, uh, yeah. it was it was a different world and a different place. But I do miss it. You know, my mom would be like, okay, just be home when the sun goes down. And you had to be home before it got dark, you know. And so yeah. where, wherever you were, oh, the sun's going down. You just start going home. And it was never yeah. a big deal. My parents never asked where, where we were, you know. We were just out running around, just riding our bikes and making yeah. lamps. I mean, I mean, there's only like a dozen places you could be. You right. know, uh-huh. it, it feels like a town small enough. If I had to go find my kid, I could just get in the car and drive around until I found him. Mm-hmm. You know, right? It was that it's way. Like, and I just, I don't know. And it's like my my kid doesn't have any sense of that and has no idea what that's like. But I really, it makes me sad that I can't give that to him. It's yeah. just, you know, he he will never he, he won't go. Hey, can I go ride my bike over to my friend's house? They're like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's just yeah, and it's sad just because we live in a big city and I watch too much news and get way too nervous, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a few too many episodes of CSI Miami to to let you do that, you yeah. know. But <laughs> And so all right, man, I didn't mean to get off onto a canyon tangent. I hope that No, that's cool. I haven't talked about it in a long time. <laughs> well it's neat. I think that's really um I think a lot of who I am, um as an adult, because like I said, I'm the, I, I am a city boy, you know, I'm, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't raised on a, on a ranch or a farm or, you know, the most country I got, like I said, was living in the city of Canyon. It was in the city, you know, still, but, yeah. um, but still there's, there's a difference between country and Western. And I think I really like the Western, you know, the cowboy yeah. type and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of that comes from there and just, you know, growing up with cowboys and indians on tv we played cowboys and in 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 indians and i'm sure that it's inappropriate to say now or even play now but you know then it was just that's kind of what yeah just that's what it was you know and uh like cops and robbers we played cops and robbers too you know and uh we'd run around and it's just yeah it was just just, that one might be bad to play now especially yeah but that was real bad (laughs) but it was just so it's just so weird you know and i guess that's the way every you know, one day you're going to be 50 and you're going to be like, yeah, man, it's so crazy that whenever you were young and and before all the internet and stuff, it's just going to be, you're going to feel like leave it to beaver or something like oh, really yeah. old, you know, like you're some old dinosaur from another world, you know, you can't even explain what it was like to, you know, just spend a day with a bicycle and a stick and a rock or whatever, you know, Yeah. and have yeah. fun doing yeah. it. Yeah, it's... um. You know, it's kind of like you look at, like, the compass of society. It's like, especially the moral compass, it's like, I can't believe you used to let your kid, you know, run around it at night in a small Texas town. And it's like, well, you know, that was kind of the thing then. It was fine. You know, obviously, depends on where you're at now. And, and you know, the world's changed quite a bit. You know, I think it's a huge advantage that we all have cameras in our pocket now. You know, I, you know, there's mm-hmm. probably a lot of grief and despair that like a lot of people 
wouldn't have had to go through if they would have just had a camera right at a split second when they needed it to document something that was unfortunate happening. Yeah. So there's definitely benefits to living in the now with technology and just being hyper aware of certain things. But there's also kind of that bliss of, you know, when, when you're a kid, you kind of got away with staying out past when dark went down or you kind of got away with sneaking out or you kind of got away with, with some things that, you know, might now be considered like way too dangerous to do, you know, but there is sort of like a bliss to it that you got away with it. But then you also are kind of like, well, you know, I'm not going to go out after sundown, but you know, I got a camera and (laughs) you know, like, I don't know. There's just like certain things that, that I think are, we're fortunate to have now that we would have been fortunate to have then. But, you know, I kind of, I kind of miss the not having anything in my pocket and just going to Sonic and seeing what happens right. with my teenage friends, you know, on a mm-hmm. Friday night, you know? Yeah. So no, I, I man, I do too. Now I also have to think, so where we live now and we've been here for about 10 years or so, um, Mm-hmm. My daughter just turned 18. My son is nine. So he was born and raised right here. Um, and it's like, sometimes it, it makes me sad that they're not going to have the same childhood experience that, that I had. But at the same time, it's like, I have to remember that I'm giving them the childhood that I wish I had. Cause it's like a, the whole time I was there, I was like, I want to live in a big city. I want to live in a big city. I want to live in New York. I want to live in LA. I want to live in Chicago, San Francisco. I want to go somewhere big. You know, I want to go where there's yeah. clubs, where there's lights, and there's girls dancing on stages, and people are drinking, uh-huh. and, you know, just because I was all this, you know. And so now that I'm here, and I take my daughter whenever she's really young to, you know, all these things, and she sees all these local bands. I mean, she knows more about most local bands in town than most anybody, and she's only 18, but she's grown up with it, and she just, you know, her favorite, favorite bands mm-hmm. are, are local people, and I never got to, to do that. I never got, went to a bar when I was, you know, ever as a kid, walked into a bar yeah. to see a band play, you know, or whatever. And, and here yeah. I, I'm her dad, and it's just normal for me to walk in with her and be like, this is my daughter, we're here to see, you know, whoever. Yeah, it's it seems like there might be kind of like, which I don't have any kids, so I mean, definitely take what I say with a grain of salt, but it seems like maybe there's like some sort of style of parenting, like where you have the parent who's like, I want to give you the childhood I wish I had. And then there's the other style where it's like, I want you to have the same thing I had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, my dad probably tried to give me a little bit of both. Cause like, you know, he grew up in Missouri in on a farm, middle of nowhere, lots of siblings, big family, um, you know, raising every type of animal you can think of on a farm. And he tried to give that to me a little bit. You know, we had, like, horses, and we did horse stuff, mm-hmm. um, like like showing them and stuff. Um, but he also kind of let me do my own thing where, you know, he liked he liked classic rock, and he, his music taste was a huge influence on me. And then once I was like, I kind of want to quit marching band, and I kind of want to quit piano lessons, and I kind of want to quit football, and I kind of want to quit showing horses, and I just want to play guitar. And... You know, he gave me what he had in a sense, but he also kind of let me do my own thing. And, you know, then obviously there's the parent that's like, here's the upbringing I wish I had. And I think that's kind of 
maybe what every parent kind of wants to impart a little bit is Mm -hmm. it's like you try to do a bit better for them than what you had, you know? I think that's Um, it. Because I I think I try to give them a lot of what I did, you know, have, you know, here by going to all the community stuff. So we're still involved in doing all these really cool things, but we're also going fishing and we're going camping and we're trying to do like go to small towns and visit stuff so we can see some of that. So they're not just big city kids. They actually get out in the country and we, you know, experience some of that so i'm trying to give them you know a little bit of the best of both as well but it's the safety yeah. you know it's just the safety sure. of the yeah. big city because i think that if we moved like we went to marfa one year and it's like marfa was the coolest place and this was 15 years ago or 12 years ago and it was just uh-huh. like i think the whole there's like a thousand people in the whole town and with like yeah. a, like a population of a thousand they have like 10 art galleries so yeah the, so it's yeah. a real interesting mix but there's a lot of artists there and i was like man we could live here and if we live there he could ride his bike to his friend's house. He could sneak out in the middle of the night and walk around town because there ain't nothing to do for hundreds of miles. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> no, you know, and so yeah. I'd be safe there. And so I think that that he could or she could have that type of ch- ch- childhood, but it would be, man, you're giving up a lot of stuff if you leave the city. This is a great city with a lot of great things. And, yeah. and they get to experience so much from the culture with the with the museums. My daughter works at the zoo now, so she works at the best zoo in the nation. You know, and at the so, Fort Worth one, yeah, yeah, and so yeah. you know, it's just cool. They wouldn't have this kinds of stuff. You know, the school that my kid goes to is is really good, and he's a little, you know, different from a lot of the kids, and so they kind of cater to him um, that way because it, it's a Montessori, so they kind of try to teach the student and not teach the class kind of thing. You know, yeah, and so he wouldn't get that in a small town or whatever. Um, I don't know. So there's definitely pros and cons but i do like to i do like to talk to to someone who's from a small town and what their experiences yeah. are and kind of how it shaped you know who they are now and, and what their music is like and you yeah know. my my dad was kind of like you can get on my space and you can play your playstation 2 but first you're going to come help me shovel all the horse shit so it was like experience like kind of the outdoorsy ranch living and the hard work aspect a little bit of what he had, but also kind of like he was aware that times had changed, technology had changed and that I was growing up in a different environment than him. So Mm -hmm. he didn't like, he didn't like, you know, force me to like subscribe to like, you're going to have the exact same experience I had. Cause like, I don't, I don't know if anybody really wants that, but you know, it, it, he seemed high, he seemed pretty self-aware of like what I was interested in, but also the values. You know, maybe he could pass on. So, um, most most parenting is probably like some sort of hybrid of that, and also you know just trying to do better than what your parents could do for you. Yeah, you know that seems to be the theme I hear about all the time, despite not having kids. So, yeah, plus it seems like <laughs> it seems like our parents' parents were tougher. Like a parent, I guarantee you. You know, I mean, I don't know for sure. Maybe you're dad's parents were different but i know my dad and my mom had stories about their childhood where their parents were tough you know yeah yeah like like ass whoopings like yeah like all that stuff and like working hard i mean it's like you worked before you went to school Uh you went to school and then you came home and you immediately started doing you know housework and there's no talk back it's yes sir no ma'am yes ma'am you know and there's there's whoopings and spankings and here's you go pick your own switch and all that kind of 
Oh, yeah. To where they tried to be a little more chill about it with me. And we're still, you know, I tell my kids, because I got spankings, you know, so I tell my kids, you're lucky I got spankings when I was a kid. I don't spank my kids, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you're a chill dad. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, they'll they'll probably be even more chill than you. But my dad was chill compared to his dad. Yeah, that's how it goes, you know. I feel like if I were to have kids, I'd be like, my dad was pretty chill. Um, You know, made me shovel some horse shit. Uh, But, you know someone had to and it was my horse so um you know but like uh, yeah i'd probably be pretty chill too and you know he kind of let me do his my own thing and you know wasn't too too hesitant when i was like hey dad i like all this rock music you listen to like like all these uh these album covers you have with like demons on them (laughs) you know i like all these and it's like well you know might be a little young but that's cool and you know here i am so you gotta let the kid be the kid too i guess yeah is speaking is just speaking is just the kid not the dad aspect so no but i think there's truth in that it's always you know it's like i'm here to kind of you know help guide and shape and you know all all that kind of stuff but i'm -hmm. I'm not here to create this 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 mini whatever yeah i mean because i mean yeah you know what i mean it's like they're they're here i'm just trying to help them find their way and they're going to be whoever they're going to be you know and so all right man dude it's been really fun um yeah um so uh okay so yeah do you want go ahead um do you want me to send you like uh any other songs you might want to play or can i send you like a a download code when the album comes out or do you want to come to a show sometime i'll get you a t-shirt or something like yeah i want to do all those things yeah i, I do want to play I, okay. I, I just noticed that um earlier i was i was looking at the music and i hadn't heard the one from february before i was like oh this is cool so I, i'm probably going to play that one for sure the um oh okay the yeah um take a ride in my sexy groove time machine what is it yeah something like that oh yeah yeah that's a great one it is a great so, one yeah, I had, 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 I missed that one. I was yeah. like, "Oh, dude, this is a great tune." So I'll try to play yeah. that one for sure. Yeah, I think he did. I think he did "Snake Skin" and "Spectral Mistress" for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, spe- uh, "Sexual Fun Time." Um, yeah, that'll be a good one. Uh, that that's out. So if you just want to do that one, uh, but yeah, if you want to, when the album drops, um, I, I can send you a download code or next time we play Fort Worth if you want to come out like we'll guest list you and i'll hook you up with some merch or something for for talking to us so okay well i mean like, you don't ha- yeah. you don't have to do any, any of that but definitely let me know when you're when you're playing okay. around yeah. here because i definitely want to come out and try to see you guys sure well i i appreciate you giving us a platform to talk about ourselves we don't <laughs> we don't do that yeah. you know a whole lot we're trying to though trying to get the album promoted and basically talk to anybody who wants to hear about it you know yeah, no, I man. I think if people hear so, it, they'll they'll they really enjoy it. It's just you know, it's it's good it's good rock yeah. and roll music. You know, it's kind of yeah. just, just classic and timeless. It could fit in any time period from the last you know few decades or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. And then just, well, so, uh, uh, just right now, it's, it's the infamous. It's I N F A M I S T S. The infamous. Yeah, yeah. It's a made up word. Merriam Webster doesn't like us a whole lot, but. uh yeah i i don't know i was like 19 or 20 and just trying to you know that day we had studied franklin delano roosevelt saying you know the pearl harbor it's a day that will live in infamy Mm -hmm. i was like infamy is a cool word 
how can I maybe pluralize that? Because I wanted a name like The Doors, The Beatles, you know, you know, The Smashing Pumpkins, you know, The sure. Something. And I was just like, I guess I'll invent this word. And, you know, it's honestly not the coolest band name ever. And had I known we'd still be doing it 10 years later, I, I wish I maybe had thought of something a little bit better. But I guess we're stuck with it. Um, only other thing I'd want you to know is Sexual Funtime Groove Machine. That's actually about erectile dysfunction. So okay. just so you, yeah, it's, it's actually, uh, it's, it's supposed to be like, you know, let's, uh, take a ride on the sexual fun time groove machine. If the damn thing even starts. So just so you know, that's what it's about. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. And then when it the, changes the, yeah, yeah. Now I'm listening <laughs> to the words vibe, differently. Huh? Yeah. I'm, I was to the, yeah. a little bit differently now. Um, when does the, yeah. uh, album come out? So album comes out on April 7th, which is good Friday. Okay. So live evil live evil on good friday nice. I, I did that on i did that on purpose it's also Bandcamp friday which is actually why i did it uh so obviously it's going to be on spotify and apple music youtube and everything um which whatever you want people want to listen on that's great uh but our Bandcamp, uh it'll be on Bandcamp for Bandcamp friday which is the best place if anyone wants to buy merch or buy the album um because all the there's no fees for selling through Bandcamp for that day, so everything's 100% coming to us. And then um, the day after that, on April 8th, which if you want to come, by the way, uh, April 8th, we're doing the release show at Harvest House in Denton, if you've ever been there. I haven't. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty nice. It's one of my favorite places to play. We just seem to always do so well there. But that's the day after, and that's got uh, Crooked Bones and Mahogany, and we'll probably play it about 10, but that's uh, on April 8th. But April 7th, the album will be out um, for Bandcamp Friday and Good Friday or whatever reason you want to celebrate, but uh, it'll yeah. be there. So, awesome. But, cool. Yeah. Well, good deal. And they can find you on on the Twitter and, and Facebook and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Bandcamp, all the streaming stuff. And we do have a TikTok, but... I've kind of, um, you know, delayed my what I post on there for a little bit because I'm kind of waiting to see if the government, you it's know, ban it or not. Gonna ban it or not? I was finally getting it going. We have 100 followers. I've only had it for a month, and like, nah. like I'm having fun on this, and now they might take it away. So I don't know if it's a matter of national security. We may or may not be on TikTok for much longer, but we are on there too. Uh, but yeah, pretty much anywhere you know you would expect somebody to have a presence, we probably have something. So. Awesome. All right, yeah, man. man. Well, good deal. Well, it's been fun talking to you. Now I'm gonna, um, I'll put the show all t t t together at the end of this week, and then I'll have it up Monday. Okay, so this coming Monday, I'll be able to reshare it. Yes, for sure. Okay, awesome. Hey, I appreciate you uh, so much for, you know, these past four months, um, just kind of discovering us, and you know, despite having never met us or seen us before, and then sharing like two of the songs soon to be three and spending an hour or so out of your night to talk to us. I really do appreciate it. It's good to talk to somebody for the panhandle. So yeah, for real. Yeah. Now yeah, you got a canyon was a buddy trip, man. Yeah. That was a, that was a trip down memory lane. I did not expect that. I thought we'd be talking about Fort Worth steak and you know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I didn't, do, <laughs> I didn't use any of my, AI, my AI stuff. See, AI is not that great. The AI never would have led me down the Canyon road. I never would have known if I would just stuck to my AI questions. I never would have got the, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? well, 
Yeah, well, I think we kind of connected on that, so it's kind of like we don't need the robots. No, we don't need the robots. Tell us what to do. We're we're some canyon boys, you know. Right. We don't need robots. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> we're, we're eagles. Our our blood is purple. Yeah, yeah, always. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Well, hey, you have a good rest of your night and I'll let you get back to the Mandalorian. Yeah, you too. Uh love what you do and I will be sure to reshare it when it comes out. Thanks again for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye. See you. Bye.
Just to survive So it's 